Royman's Product Management Podcast. The product vision plays a crucial part in achieving product success. It sets a shared direction and helps create strong alignment. But despite its importance, there are two competing views of what a product vision is and how it should be captured. In this podcast episode, I'll discuss the two different approaches and I'll explain which one I recommend. Your first option is to view the product vision as a statement that captures strategic decisions like the product's users and customers, its value proposition and its standout features. A popular template to capture such a vision is the formula developed by Jeffrey Moore in his book Crossing the Chasm. Here is what it sounds like. Four target customers who are dissatisfied with the current market alternative. Our product is a new product category that provides key problem-solving capability. Unlike the product alternative, we have assembled key whole product feature for your specific application. Now, if this sounds confusing, don't worry, we'll apply this template to a sample product. And this sample product should help people reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. The resulting statement might sound like this. For middle-aged men with busy jobs and unhealthy eating habits who own a smartwatch and a smart scale, who are dissatisfied with the limitations of current healthy eating products, our product is an AI-powered digital eating coach that provides personalized advice to improve eating habits and significantly reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Unlike MyFitnessPal, FoodUKate and GlucoseBuddy, we have assembled a smart, personalized and fully integrated solution. While I've seen people use variations of Moore's templates, the resulting visions usually don't focus on the product's purpose, the main reason for offering it. Instead, they describe who the product is for and how it differs from competing offerings. Now, this is hardly a surprise as Moore describes the template as an effective way to position the product but not to express its vision. Your second option is to regard the product vision as an aspirational goal that describes the ultimate reason for creating the product and the positive change it should bring about. For the sample product mentioned earlier, the vision might simply be healthy eating. The benefit of using such a vision is that it acts as a big motivational goal a shared purpose that guides and aligns the stakeholders and development teams and that helps them understand how their work creates a positive impact and relates to a bigger whole. If you choose this option, then your vision should fulfill the following six criteria. First, it should be inspiring. The vision should resonate with the stakeholders and development teams. Second, it should be shared, and that means that the individuals support the vision. Third, it should be ethical, so that it gives rise to a product that does not cause any harm to people and the planet. Fourth, it should be concise. The vision should be captured as a memorable statement or a slogan, such as healthy eating. Fifth, it should be ambitious. The vision should be a big, hairy, audacious goal that might never be fully achieved. And sixth, it should be enduring and it should provide guidance for at least the next five years. And you can learn more about these six criteria by listening to the podcast episode called Six Qualities of a Great Product Vision. As powerful as a big aspirational vision is, it does not say anything about how it can be achieved. And consequently, you'll have to capture the strategy of your product. One way to do this is to use my product vision board. 
And the product vision board describes the product vision and the product strategy in one artifact. The vision is captured in the board's top section and the strategy is stated below in the form of four additional sections. And these are the target group, the users and customers of the product, the needs, which capture the problem the product should address or the benefit it should create, the product itself with its standout features and the business goals and these describe the benefits the product should generate for the company providing it. Applying the tool to capture the vision and strategy of the Sample Diabetes app that I mentioned earlier would result in the following product vision board. The vision is healthy eating. The target group are middle-aged men with busy jobs and unhealthy eating habits who own a smartwatch and a smart scale. The needs are reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. The product is an AI-powered digital eating coach with the following three standout features. Measure and record sugar levels in food. Make individualized recommendations. Seamlessly integrate with leading smartwatches and scales. And the business goals are to generate 60,000 to 80,000 pounds in revenue in the first 18 months after the launch of the app. Note that this sample product vision board I just described contains similar information as the vision statement I shared earlier based on Moore's template, but it adds the reason for creating the product as well as a business goal. Additionally, it structures and visualizes the information, which admittedly is a little bit hard to illustrate in an audio format instead of using one long sentence. And if you want to try out the tool, you can download it for free on my website, romanpischler.com. Now, which of the two options is best? Which one should you use? When I first started working in product management, I used a combined vision and strategy similar to the one described in the first option, but over time, I've come to prefer the second option. And the reason is that it offers the following three benefits. First, the ultimate purpose for offering the product is explicitly stated. As I pointed out earlier, this creates alignment and it offers motivation to the people involved in developing and providing the product. This is especially valuable when the going gets tough and problems or conflicts occur. The second benefit is that a strategy change does not necessitate a vision change. The vision can stay stable and provide continued guidance. For instance, if I discovered that it would be better to write a book on healthy eating instead of developing a digital product, I could still follow the same vision to help people eat more healthily. But even if you don't have to pivot, your strategy will change as your product grows and eventually matures. The product strategy is never static. It's best understood as being changeable. And the third benefit is that the product vision and strategy are easier to understand. Now, this may be a matter of personal preference, but I find a vision statement based on Moore's formula text heavy and difficult to take in. I prefer to work with templates that visualize information so that it's easy to comprehend. And that's what my product vision board does. I therefore recommend that you capture the vision of your product as a big inspirational goal and that you describe the strategy in such a way that it is only loosely coupled to the vision. But what matters most is that you do create a meaningful vision and an effective strategy for your product independently of the specific templates and tools you use to capture the information. 
Now you might be wondering why I haven't mentioned OKRs or objectives and key results as an option to express the vision. There are two reasons for this. First, you can use OKRs to capture a vision that follows Moore's template as well as one that is a grand aspirational goal. Second, I'm not a big fan of using OKRs in product management as I explain in more detail in the episode called OKRs in Product Management. I hope you found my advice helpful. You can learn more about creating an inspiring product vision and an effective product strategy by attending my product strategy and roadmap training course and by reading my book, Strategize. Thank you for listening.